Hey folks, back at you with another Restaurant Dirt episode. It's going to be fun. I got my man Roger, who's going to join us in a second. We are talking about stuff that doesn't go well in your restaurant. These kind of dirty stories that are uh, fun to talk about in retrospect, but can really hurt you at the time. So today we're going to talk about a training fiasco that absolutely went wrong for Roger and his restaurant experience. So let me bring you on, Rod. Where are you, bud? Hey, welcome. I'm back, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me. There he is. So, so Roger's a longtime restaurant expert. He's got tons of stories to tell from his, what, 20 plus years of experience in the business. And uh, today we're going to get into a training story. So Roger, uh, if you want to give a quick, quick overview of where you've been, what you, what you, what you did when you were a restaurateur, and then get into this, this uh, okay. training situation, and then we'll rock and roll. All right, so it was about 20, almost 25 years ago, I saw an opportunity to start a restaurant, and I had no restaurant experience. Uh, I had a marketing background, a business background. Um, I was living at a ski resort in Maine. And, um, you know, I started this restaurant, and it started small. We had 75 seats in our first place, but it was kind of an overnight success for a variety of reasons. Basically, systems were a big part of that. And then, you know, the opportunity presented itself to actually purchase a large piece of property, about 18 acres, that was literally on the doorstep of this huge ski resort. And there was an old barn and a farmhouse there from the 1800s. I think it was the oldest structure in the town, and it hadn't been occupied in decades. And so we tore that down, and we built a brand new building. And the banks obviously uh, understood that we knew what we were doing when we said we could run a restaurant. And we had a two-year track record. So as things got bigger, obviously, uh, a lot of other things, all the details that I call the thousand details, got bigger and more extensive as well. So this place was 6,000 square feet to start. It later um, morphed into a second floor. The property or the building itself was 8,500 square feet, about 300 seats. It was a real big place. And I had 52 people on my staff. And uh, it just grew huge every single year. We dominated our competition for two decades, even though more and more restaurants came in. We just had this magic formula based on food service and ambiance, which all centered around training. So uh, at one point, the training actually went awry, and that's a, a kind of a scary story that I want to share with the audience. Yeah, I think uh, everyone is probably going to relate to this and the fact that they've had they've had something that's gone wrong in their restaurant. That's what we're talking about here is that, you know, people that can, if we can save one restaurant, uh, a disaster yeah. like this, they can turn costly, they can turn into a potential lawsuit, things like that. That's why we're talking about the dirt. So what happened? Well, you know, labor is one of the biggest challenges today. It was one of the biggest challenges when I first started as well. And you never know what you're going to get until you actually hire it. And before I actually put super labor systems in place, we can talk about some of those in a minute in terms of how we found our people and how we hired them and how we trained them and how we built them into this dream team staff. Um, I had a dining room leader there at the time that I really trusted that had relatively good judgment. She had been with me for quite a while. And I was away, and uh, I don't remember where I was, but um, we had a problem server that just didn't fit the team, that didn't want to do her side work, that just was there, you know, to make as much money as she could and then leave. She just wasn't a team player, and she just didn't fit the chemistry of the place. Nobody really liked her. And you know, we always gave people a second chance, and we I used to do this thing, the one-minute manager, where I'd have a sit-down with people, and I'd tell them what they were doing right, and I'd tell them what they were doing wrong, and it was just a, you know, one-minute quick reprimand or a one-minute praise, and if there was anything major, it would 
we call it pushing the reset button. You know, you'd sit somebody down, you'd explain exactly what they were doing and why it wasn't working for the team or the restaurant and ask them if they wanted to turn things around and if they wanted a second chance before, you know, they were asked to leave. And so I was gone on this particular uh, business trip where I was away somewhere. I don't know where it was. And this dining room leader decided to take training into her own hands, and she, she decided to hold an intervention. Now everyone knows what that means. So she gathered the whole staff and singled out this particular server and sat her down in the circle. You know, it was like circular chairs with one in the middle, and it was like oh, yeah. everyone on the team had a chance to tell this person what she was doing that basically didn't work for the team and why they were making, why she was making the place miserable and all that kind of stuff. And then it went too far. It went a step beyond that where the dining room leader actually um, handed out squirt guns, you know, water pistols. And after each person went around telling this person what, you know, what she was doing wrong, they were instructed to squirt this person with the water pistol. I like, oh my gosh, when I found out about this, I, 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 I couldn't get my arms around it. It just totally blew me away how anyone could make a judgment call like that. And as you can imagine, it turned into a potential lawsuit. So within three, four days, I get one of those threatening letters from, from an attorney stating that, you know, this person's taking us to court and that there's evidence and all this sort of thing. And it was technically a hazing incident, you know. And we all know what that means because of the tragedies that have happened on American colleges and university campuses these days. I mean, it didn't go that far, but still, it's a psychological trauma to a person where, you know, where that judgment came from, I don't know. But I came back, and it's like it turned into this huge brouhaha. And no, it never went to court, Jane, but we had to settle out of court. We had to write this person a fairly large check. I think it cost me ten dollars or $15,000 to settle this thing. And there was no way we were going to win this thing in court. It would have cost me a lot of money in lawyer's fees and all this other sort of thing. And the whole thing just went awry. And it made the newspapers, and it was an embarrassment to um, my banker who funded this restaurant and all that sort of thing. And, you know, we had a lot of explaining to do, a lot of apologies to make, not only to that person, but to the community, because it was just a huge, huge mistake. Yeah, Raj, yeah. I, I tell you what, man, that's, that's about as big, as big as it gets. Um, yeah. I want to obviously share with people that if that happened today, they would be just just crucified on social media, right? I mean, Absolutely right. Just destroyed. And you yeah. said your media picked it up, which is in the newspaper, and hopefully... Yeah, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Jane, because this was really before there was social media and all these platforms and online reviews and any of that kind of stuff. This would, this would have probably been... Oh, I would say 1998. I mean, this goes way, way back to we had just opened this new property um, in 1997. It was probably a season or two later. So, yeah, this was way before social media. It was simply newspapers back then. And, yeah, it made the local paper and all that sort of thing. And it was just, you know, a huge embarrassment. But we, we were saved what could be, you know, what could have been today, like you say, because online reviews are so important and, and social media and people post and photographs and cameras. I mean, it can destroy your business. So obviously this is common sense. No one out there I'm sure would ever do this, but just know that unless your people are trained, what they say, what they do can absolutely sabotage your business. And they're either making positive impressions through your team or negative impressions, and it can go really, really sideways like this incident did. 
Yeah, so I just want to flip, flip the script a little bit. That obviously was a kind of a extreme example of what can happen wrong. But the point is that for any any, any of the restaurant folks listening, this is the sort of thing that seems uh, small maybe in context, but could absolutely be blown out of proportion and really, really hurt you. So be careful with your training systems. And let's get into that really quickly. We'll kind of we'll kind of try to deliver a couple of lessons today as part of the learning yeah. process. Uh, I know you eventually solved the people equation to a huge extent. Your people and your turnover rates were, were, were just fantastic numbers and you always built up culture into your staff. So talk a little bit about what you learned from that, how you then did some training, how you did ongoing training, how you yeah. built that into the DNA of your restaurant to really you know, end up being a, a, such a successful place they could sell and cash out and have an exit strategy. Well, you know, right around that time, um, I created, I, I really worked very, very hard on staff training because I very quickly recognized that training was the key to the success of the restaurant and that every single guest impression mattered and that you had, we had so many staff, we wanted to, you know, train them to think of the place as their own, to treat the customer as if every customer was the most important guest. We wanted to train our staff not only to deliver amazing hospitality and guest service experiences, but we also train them to sell, to recognize opportunities, to suggest these opportunities, uh, you know, to, to the customers, which put our sales through the roof. I mean, that was huge. But it wasn't just the front of the house. It was the back of the house, too. I mean, we created training so that we cross-trained every back-of-the-house person as a plan B in case somebody got hit by a bus or got the flu for three weeks or whatever. So the dishwasher could jump behind the fry station and the fry guy could, you know, cook burgers if he had to. And it was just this, you know, really amazing tight, tight chemistry of staff that I called the dream team. And it took a couple of seasons to build that dream team. And we did that a couple of ways. I went back to the drawing board and I never answered um, help wanted ads in the paper. You know, we, we did mostly through referrals. If I had one, what I call an A-team player, I said to that person, you know, you're, you're an outstanding employee here. We love having you. I wish I had 10 more people just like you. Who do you know that would fit this environment, who would thrive in this culture, that would make good money, would have fun, would make friends with the customers, would, you know, really feel part of the team, whether they were on the dish station or cooking burgers. And, and I had a couple of A-teamers and everybody knew somebody that worked somewhere and they just weren't happy because they weren't treated as an important person. And that's the difference. A lot of times employers just treat people as expendable resources. They don't lead by example. They don't recognize and reward their staff. They just give them a paycheck and expect them to do a job. And, you know, a lot of managers have that sort of dictator mentality where it's my way or the highway. And I found that to be true so often. And so it was so easy to get people to jump ship where the A-teamers just said, hey, want, you're looking for a job? Just check this out. It's a lot of fun. You know, these people are great to work for. They recognize the reward. So that's kind of how it started. And then we had some B-team players. And the Bs were really, really cool people, great personalities, of course. And we just shadow. We just had them shadow the A players to, until they had a little bit more practice. And I didn't care if they didn't have experience because, to me, the attitude and the approach and the true desire to serve the public was more important than any prior experience. Because in a lot of cases, and I don't care what business you're running, 
employees sometimes come with bad habits, you know? So you don't want to take on the way they did it at Joe's restaurant. You know, you want to train them in the way you want it done at your place. And, you know, the experience will come, but as long as they got the right attitude and the right approach, they're there for the right reasons, man, the sky's the limit. And that's pretty much the philosophy that we started with. And then, like I said, you know, every once in a while, you get someone that looks good on paper. They tell you what you think. They think you want to hear in an interview. You think they're going to work out, and they just don't for a variety of reasons. And those are what I call the C players. They don't really care about why they're there. You know, they're more they're more concerned with playing their Xbox or their you know their video games or whatever. They just want a paycheck, and they just don't assimilate the culture of the restaurant. So I recommend get rid of those people immediately because they're just going to bring down the rest of the team. The morale is going to fall. The customer ultimately sees all this feels and experiences this, you can't afford to keep any C-team players. No matter how tight your labor market is, that is not the way to go. Instead, ask your team for referrals. We used to even pay bonuses, you know. If someone um, worked out for the first uh, season or so, I would pay that referring person a bonus for bringing that person in. And it just elevated the whole thing, and it was just awesome. So that's, you know, that's kind of how the approach shifted and then the training I talked about earlier, once we had that dream team of A's and B's, then the sales stars training kicked in and then the whole thing just became this amazing, powerful, you know, your most important asset, the cornerstone of your business are your people. And that's, those are two keys to doing that. Yeah, Raj, thanks for walking through that, man. I wrote yeah. I'm getting some background on your side, hopefully, hopefully it's fine, but, uh, so, so let, let me let me let me let me take some notes. So Roger said, you know, treat people as important. Um, be the be the leader. Reward reward the team. But what 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 I wanted to share is that we did a we did a survey recently of the restaurant uh, running restaurants readers, and what came back as the number one challenge: labor, 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 and then yeah. like a couple of other things. So it was labor. And and so there's two things when you think about labor: is oh, there's nobody good out there. Oh, they're hard to find. And you talked a little bit about that. But one of the things that that people need to do, and you, and you mentioned this really quickly, is look in the mirror. Sometimes the problem may be you as a leader. You're not attracting the right people. You're not building the right culture. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we have we have to point at ourselves and say, are we doing the right things to attract the right people? And then once you have the right people, are you doing the right things to grow them, to develop them, to move forward, and so forth? And there's naturally those A players. And so I love what you talked about. You talked about taking the A players, saying, hey, you're great. Who's like you? Who do you know that's like you? Bring them in and you're good to go. You have the B players. They're fine. They're great because you can develop them up. And so I, I like that. Have them shadow. Have them learn. Then they can see, oh, how do I get to the next level? And C players, you're absolutely right. Boom. Out the door because they're just going to inspect the whole system. So you, you hit on hit on a lot of stuff there uh, that, I, that I think was really cool when you talk about um, the team and training. So uh, as we wrap up today's kind of quick session about uh, how training can go wrong, any last training tips for folks? Yeah, you know, you got to do, you have to, well, come up with a game plan, first of all. And of course, you know, we talked about sales stars, which is a turnkey system that's available online. But when you have your game plan, it just has to be consistent. It just has to be regular. You've got to do something every single day across your restaurant. You have to do something in the back of the house. You have to do something in the front of the house. And I'm not talking about elaborate, time-consuming ideas. I'm talking about three to five minutes. It's a huddle. It's a pep talk. It's a 
theme for the night. It's what you want to accomplish. It's putting the right ideas into everyone's head about how you want every customer's experience to turn out. And, and you know, this is obviously, there's always going to be the, the element of human error in everything. And yes, someone's going to get an imperfect meal. Maybe it's not cooked to temperature, whatever it is, but it's all in the way that you handle that situation. And it's all in the way you empower your people to fix what's broken. No, don't say, oh, I got to go talk to my manager to see what I can do about that. No, you empower your people. If something's wrong, you've got to give the customer an absolute perfect experience and you do whatever it takes to do that. Because I guarantee you, even though something goes wrong at a meal, the way you handle it, the way you execute the solution determines whether that customer is going to come back again and give you a positive review online or a negative review. So don't waste their time. Don't ask to see a manager. Just empower your people to fix it. Get them a new meal. Go right to the source. Go to the expediter on your line and say, oh, this isn't right. Can you get this to me immediately? And we always did that. And we always pleased our customers. And we had nothing but positive reviews and positive comment cards. So that's in the approach. So do something daily. And then the final piece to that, James, you got to recognize your people and you got to reward them. You got to show them that what they do matters. Every single week, you got to single people out and praise them in front of the crew, give them some sort of a reward. And I got lots of ideas on that. And it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be elaborate. It's just a pat on the back and say, you know what, what you do here matters and we value you and just keep it up. We love this. And, and that attitude, you know, from the people in the top, and it all trickles down from the owner to the managers. And, you know, if that's the way you approach your team, then they're going to take care of you if you take care of them. And it's that simple. Yeah, Roger, you are right there, man. You, th there's definitely a theory that says you cannot be recognized too much, you cannot be thanked too much, mm -hmm. and so forth. And I would certainly argue that all of us err to the side of not doing either of those things too enough. We don't thank people enough, and we don't recognize them enough for what they do for us in our in our businesses. So if you're if you're guilty of that, and everybody should raise your hand because I guarantee you're not doing enough. Absolutely, take Roger's advice. Recognize and reward. You talked about sales house, Roger. I got got the closing slide up there that has your info. So talk about your website, talk about your sales star program, which is absolutely a great fit for today's conversation where we talk about training staff and where else can people find you out there on the web? Yeah, so the easiest place to go is restaurantrockstars.com. I know Jamie's going to put some links uh, in his show notes to this. Um, we are having a special until the end of March on SalesStar, special price only, $297. Its normal price is $499, so get it while it's hot. Um, SalesStars is a complete turnkey training system for your hosts, your bus staff, and your weights and your wait staff servers if you have a full service restaurant we also have a fast casual version for quick serve coffee shops counter service drive throughs and food trucks so when you go to uh, the sales stars link you'll see a choice whether you have full serve or a fast casual uh, property so that's how that works um, we also have a weekly podcast called the restaurant rockstars podcast you can tune into that on itunes subscribe on the website and it's basically uh, free information. It's valuable advice on marketing, on finance, on customer service, on training. Every week, it's either a new guest that can help you run a stronger restaurant, or it's me talking about you know some of the successes and how I achieved what I achieved in the business, and giving you you know lots of tips on how you can rock your restaurant. So it's all available at restaurantrockstars.com. Thanks, brother. Yeah, Roger's last couple episodes have been good, and he's even gotten the, uh, his wife involved, and she is great online in his podcast so check out uh check out those he has a great way 
are relaying his content through there. And SalesStars, absolutely, a lot of our members have picked it up. It's a great tool for restaurants to use. And so thank you for that, Roger. We, uh, we can be found online, uh, of course, at runningrestaurants.com, also on all the social channels, Facebook at slash running, re running restaurants. Uh, Twitter is my handle at Jamie Oichel. Same thing for Instagram and YouTube. You can find uh, that at slash Jamie Oichel. And then, yeah, please do subscribe to those channels. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and Google Play so you can find us out there. When we publish this stuff, it hits your email box. We don't want to miss you. We want to give you guys the tips you need to succeed in your restaurants to do these little things right so you can guarantee uh, to make profits and stay in business and kick some butt. So I appreciate it, Roger. Thank you, sir. Thank you, James. Thanks very much for uh, the audience listening, and go out there and rock your restaurant. You got it. All right, folks, thanks so much. We'll catch you soon. Have a great one. Bye-bye.